that is awesome. And such an encouraging uh, chapter. So if you have a Bible, open it to chapter uh, 13 of 1 Corinthians. There should be one in front of you, or you're welcome to use your smartphone or uh, iPad, or if you brought your desktop with you, you can use that as well. (laughs) There is no higher or more beautiful standard for love than what is at the center of Christianity. In fact, God is love, which is not to be confused with love is God. It is God who defines love, not love that becomes God. The most clear picture we have of this is Jesus, who lays down his life for us. Followers of Jesus are those who experience his great love. The forgiveness of sins, healing and grace, and extend that same love, forgiveness, healing and grace to everyone around them through the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of them. Now reading through 1 Corinthians, uh, you certainly become aware that things can go very wrong for a church. Uh, Anybody found that in this last series of all the different things that can possibly come up? Um, That people with the best of intentions can create an environment for leadership chaos, where sexuality is misunderstood and abused, where personal rights or individual sense of spirituality can be destructive to others, that even a church service that is supposed to be centered around remembering the death of Jesus for all people becomes an event for drunkenness and exclusion of certain people. It's in this context that we find this familiar Chapter. This chapter is read at all kinds of weddings, but not many of the other parts are also read at weddings. Uh, again, if you have your Bible, let's actually read through that again. So uh, rather than only hearing it, you're also seeing it. Let's read through 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal, If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, then we will see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall uh, know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. In our final few moments together, there's three things we're going to reflect on, which are just laid out here in the chapter. Things, 
without love, aspects of love or a definition of love, the eternality of love. Uh, The first thing, without love. You can do a lot of things without love. The things listed here in this chapter are not an exhaustive list. Tongues, prophecy, understanding, knowledge, and faith. You can put almost anything on this list. The way you manage your life, your home, the way you work, the way you volunteer can all be done without love. You might be mostly motivated by fear or pride or some other underlying lesser or even sinful motivation. If that is the case, all the efforts that you make without love will at best be an annoyance. If you are trying to do what love does without love, though you and those you are trying to love will be crushed. And if that's you, there is hope. There's a fine line between duty and desire. You're supposed to do the right things, not do the wrong things, and you're supposed to want to do the right things and not want to do the wrong things. But what happens is we often um, do the right things because of wrong motivations or reasons, and we find great reward in doing wrong things. Should you do the right thing even if it's because of wrong motivations? Many people even think it's Ridiculous to deprive yourself of something that you deeply want. Is it duty or desire? As we look at the definition of love, I believe we start to understand this complexity. Um, the aspects of love or the definition of love that's given in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 3 to 7. I don't mean to push on this too hard in the English language, but here we see that love is some things does some things, is not some things, and does not do some things. So, uh, to is or not to is. Two things are defined as a state of being that is positive. Love is patient. Love is kind. Patience being a state of being that you operate out of It's not the act of love, but the state that you are in. Because of the patience within you, you are able to act appropriately in a variety of different situations. Kindness is also a state of being that you operate out of. Kindness is not the act of love, but the state that you operate out of. For example, if I tackle a total stranger to the ground, it might be seen as rude, offensive, I might be charged with assault. However, if in my kindness towards a total stranger, I tackle them to the ground because of an imminent explosion, it's an act of heroism. But it's the state of kindness towards that other person that leads towards the act of tackling them to the ground. Now, love also does. It's an action you take that is positive. Rejoicing with the truth. There are a number of situations I'm aware of right now where people are embracing lies. I'm certain that you can think of someone or people that you know that are embracing lies. People often tell lies, but not only to others, but also to themselves. It is overwhelming to think about the far-reaching effect that that can have on all of us. 
One of the key aspects about set free is replacing lies with truth. In an age filled with lies, rejoice with the truth. Go out of your way to throw a party for the truth. Honesty, accuracy, humility, no Photoshop. Employers, parents, leaders, reward and reinforce the truth. Love always protects. This is another one of the positive actions that happen. Plan to Protect is a program we run here at the church. Uh, It's something that we uh, have in place so that we can make sure that um, vulnerable adults, that children, everyone, youth, that they are in an environment that is safe from all kinds of um, things that could go wrong. We think about it. We plan ahead to protect. We take action. Parents protect their children. If you're here and alive today, it's probably because your parents protected you. Somebody did. (laughs) Children have a tendency to find danger at every turn. Um, But it's also complex to protect. We live on a planet with water. There's lots of ways that you can protect someone from water. You can lock them up in a dungeon where they will never get to water. You can strap them in a flotation device, put them in some kind of bubble so that they can still move around, but anytime they're on water, they will float. Or you can teach them to swim. All of those things seem like protection, but love is the only thing that's actually able to find the healthiest way through. Sometimes the most dangerous things are not without, but within. Some of the most dangerous things are the desires of our own hearts. And uh, parents, people caring for others, that's an even more complex thing to protect people from than water. But love can find a way. Love always trusts. Give people the benefit of the doubt. When we are late to something, we often think to ourselves or even say to others, That is the circumstances of life that have caused us to be late. It was the weather. It was the children. It was the traffic. However, when someone else is late, we say it's because of their character. They're not an organized person. They don't value me or this organization or this meeting. But that's a double standard that causes breakdown in relationships. Whether it is um, someone you work with, someone in your family, give them the benefit of the doubt If you don't know, don't assume the worst about someone's behavior, character, or their inner thoughts. You will inevitably be disappointed with people. But character is always revealed in time. Until the truth about a person's life and character is clear, extend grace and extend trust. Always hopes, love always hopes. The book of Philemon is a letter written by Paul Uh, to a man named Philemon in regards to a runaway slave. Paul urges Philemon to see Onesimus, the runaway slave, as someone whom the gospel has now shaped and changed and that he is useful. Paul was saying to Philemon, don't write him off. Perhaps there are people that you will think will never change. You have lost hope that there will be change in their heart. Love always hopes. There is something powerful about the tenacity of love in this way. 
that against all odds, it looks at the hardness of a heart and believes it can change. That despite all of the hurt, there still might be healing and reconciliation. Love always hopes. Love always perseveres. In the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 12, verse 2, um, speaking of Jesus, it says, For the joy he set before him, he endured the cross. Love has a high pain tolerance, but it isn't a victim. Some people suffer needlessly. They make foolish mistakes. They follow their heart. But if you do what you want to do, when you want to do it, with whoever you want, you often end up in a place you don't want to be. Jesus endured the cross not because he was powerless in his love for us. There was intention and purpose to the suffering. He considered the cost. And because of his love, he made a calculated decision, even before the foundations of the world, that he would lay his life down for us. We also have here what love is not, a state of being that's negative. Proud. Pride is one of the things I mentioned earlier, a powerful motivator that can act like love. Parents often fall into this. Parents place too much of their own life and reputation on their children and their children's success. If this becomes the motivation for how you parent or how you manipulate, you manipulate, you force your children to do something and it can be a crushing blow to them. Pride might be the reason you so generously give to charity. Uh, in your heart you say, I'm the kind of person that gives to charity. You may not even brag to others, it's just your own heart. You feed your own pride. I often find this with myself. Again, I'm the kind of person who eats healthy. I'm the kind of person who exercises. I play the guitar, I load the dishwasher, I do the laundry, I clean the house, I do woodworking. Right? And when I search my heart, I find that far too often my motivator is not love or humility, but pride. And when it's not pride, I find that I'm also self-seeking. This what love is not has never been more clearly displayed than in our current culture. It's terrifying. My advice for you if you find yourself in this situation is uh, financial in nature. If you are too interested in yourself, you have to invest, you have invested too much in yourself. The way you gain interest is through investing. So invest something in the church, invest something into your children or your spouse or Joe's place. If you invest, you will gain interest in other things. Don't invest in yourself or you will be too interested in yourself and be too self-seeking. Focus every resource you have on something and you will begin to reap the rewards of being other-centered. Easily angered. I heard one preacher say this in summation of anger as it relates to humankind. We simply can't be trusted with anger. God can be trusted with anger. He gets angry at the right things. Uh, and, the, uh, and he gets angry at the right things. Uh, one of my favorite moments from the Avengers movies is uh, Bruce Banner revealing his secret about the nature of his relationship with anger. As a pending doom approaches, Captain America says to Bruce Banner, now might be a good time to get angry, you know, so he can turn into the Hulk. 
And Banner, turning to Captain America, says, that's my secret. I'm always angry. You know, and then he morphs into the terrifying green monster of the Hulk and begins to smash. See, you might appear like Bruce Banner in your anger. It might be hidden beneath the surface. Or you might be like the Hulk and your anger comes out like a green monster. Either way, you can't be trusted with it. So what should you do with it? You probably need lots of counseling. And I'd encourage you to do that. You should also go to Set Free. But my piece of advice for you is to take it to God in prayer because he's the only one who can take all of your rage over anything and not be crushed by it, abused by it, hurt by it. He can take all of that. He has taken all of that on him. It's the only safe place. It's the only thing that can tame both Bruce Banner and the Hulk. When you unleash the beast in his presence, no blow you lay against him in prayer will overtake him. And as you pray, you'll begin to find peace and healing. Now this is the easy one, and I so I'll be very quick on this one. All of the love does not envy, boast, dishonor others, keep record of wrongs, delight in evil. All of these ones, you know. But what's the pathway forward? Sometimes when you hold up a high standard of what love is, people just feel crushed beneath it. You might be struggling now to love a family member or a friend. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's your spouse. And when you hold up what the standard of love really is, you say, I guess I don't love them. And that's it's a hard place to be in. So what's the pathway forward? I'm reminded of Paul's other letter to another church. In Galatians 5, this is verses 13 and 14. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. And verse 22 has the key. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. This is down in verse 25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. It is like a dance with the Holy Spirit in order to actually love. Love comes from the Spirit. God in you can love what seems unlovable. By way of response, I'll invite the worship team to come back. We've got one more song we'd like to sing with you as we close. But this is, I believe, the response we need to take when we look at this chapter. Admit your weakness and your great need of him. And invite him to fill you with his spirit daily. Before your feet hit the ground in the morning, with every breath, as you inhale and exhale, receive the power of the Holy Spirit to love like Jesus loved. On your own, you will fail, but God in you can love the world. Um, as we close, um, we're going to sing one more song, and then you'll be dismissed. If you want to stay and reflect further or pray, we would love to be able to do that.
with you. Um, we're going to sing a song that has to do with breathing in and out, right? We're going to pour out our praise because it's the breath of life that he gave to us. And as you remember breathing this week, in and out, remember, receive the Holy Spirit. As you inhale, receive the Holy Spirit so that you can love. You can do the things that love does. You will feel the things that love feels. You will avoid the things you need to. You'll be able to navigate the complexity of how love protects and other things like that. So let me pray for us quickly. Father in heaven, you have poured your love on us. And I pray that as we reflect on this chapter, our hearts will be filled with your love. And that by the power of your spirit, we would be able to love like you have loved us. So that we'd be able to love um, far beyond our own limited capacity. But by the power of your spirit, we'd be able to love the unlovable and do what no other kind of person can do apart from one who is filled with your spirit. In your name we pray. It's your breath in my 